0: Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. New Vision, New Vision, covering the whole world. In 2020, a New Vision undercover journalist traveled to United Arab Emirates to investigate the realities of girls traveling to work as maids in Dubai. This time, New Vision got another undercover journalist to go through a licensed company and find out if regulations apply. The project which took more than a year, reveals Halloween experiences of girls in detention camps in the center of Kampala. An acceptable mistreatment, violation of human rights, corruption, sex and drugs are going on under the nose of civil leaders and security organizations. We now bring you this series. Download the podcast episodes on Vision Digital Experience app on Play Store and App Store. Episode 3 I can call the hostel a detention centre because it was. I came to get recruited for chair in Saudi and ended up in this hostel where I was promised to wait for my papers, which were said to be almost ready. I was told we would leave any time and, in fact, instructed to come with just two dresses. But a month was about to elapse. I wasn't alone. We were about 140 people all waiting to go the next day. No one was going, but the rest staying on hope. We were not allowed to leave, and anyone caught absent, we were told, would be expelled and travel papers cancelled. The conditions were bad. Loss of freedom, poor feeding, poor hygiene, lack of amenities, and growing frustration was the order of the day. There was a girl I will call Mina, not her real names. She was always crying and on the phone midnight. Her time was always midnight when everyone was sleeping. I would hear her whispering and crying on her phone outside. One day, as I tried to chat with her, she broke down. But, now I was getting used to the tears at the hostel Everyone had her own story and girls would break down during the narration. For Mina, I found her story so sad. This young girl in her mid-twenties was married with three children back in Busoga. In her narration, her husband was a taxi driver. She was a tailor back in her village. She narrated that after her husband got an accident, She was left responsible for him and the children. The sewing machine could not do much. They both agreed that she goes to Saudi so she could support the family. Her sister linked her to Florence and Richard who were her agents. She did not have a passport. Then so, Florence asked her to get 550,000 shillings for her passport. Mina did not have that money, but had a plot back in Busoga which she had bought three million shillings with her mother's support. Because she was promised to start a process and go in two weeks, she borrowed 550 with a collateral of a plot of land worth three million shillings in agreement that after a month, she would return 600,000 shillings when working. Even after being convinced by Florence, She asked her to sell her sewing machine after being convinced how she did not have much time in Uganda. I found this common in many girls at the company being told to abandon their businesses by their agents on promise that they will travel inland in not less than two weeks. My dear, I have lost hope. My baby... My baby, I withdrew from breastfeeding at six months because of Florence. I was lied. Deceived by this company. How do I go back home? I lost my plot. Even the man who took it has built on it very fast. What should I do? Mina lamented while crying. Mina had spent close to six months at the hostel. Flores took her money and did not take her on time as promised. The owner of the money took the plot of the land because there was an agreement. She lost her plot and almost lost her marriage as her husband could not believe her story. She finally went after a big hassle. It wasn't only Mina with a sad story. Another colleague disclosed to me how she was servicing a bank loan of 1.5 million shillings when her husband abandoned her with her two children. She decided to take her children to her parents and got recruited in one of the recruitment agencies in Mengo in April last year. Months before she travelled, the company's license was suspended by the ministry and everyone was ordered to go back home. Her second thought was to try another company. She was asked to pay 500,000 shillings to recollect her passport which she asked her father to borrow her from the village Sako in Lukunjiri and promised she could repay in less than a period of two months. She came to Zion and spent other four months before travelling. She resorted to switching off her phone to avoid being tracked by the bank since she failed to service her loan. And the loan her father borrowed for her. She would cry every day and complain to the company because of the many delays. Yet she's expected to have been travelled and working. She resorted to making chapatis in the hostel and was selling each at one thousand shillings. This business did not make any profits for her. She then started to sell second-hand clothes. She could walk from kulambilo to Kalera on food to shop, second-hand clothes, and sold them to the girls in the hostel. She did not sustain from this either, as girls will steal them from her. She was doing all this so she could support her two children and her parents. She is still in the hostel, waiting to travel. We had no cooks. We were formed into teams, and each had a turn to cook and clean dishes. So. Food quality was never good because no one was paid for the labor. Food would either be burnt or unready. One time, we asked the Arab bosses to hire cooks and they overreacted about it. If you cannot cook here, what are you going to do in Saudi Arabia? Ahmed said. I used to complain too until our turn came. None of us had cooked for people these many. I couldn't mingle Porsche for 140 people. Fortunately, we were about four struggling with a mingling stick. That day, girls almost started due to poor food. I remember one of them, called Nantesa Olivia, confronted and abused me with no ordinary words. In the process, she worked herself into frenzy and moved forward, raising her hand as if to slap me. My fellow team members came to my support and we almost threw missiles of portion against each other. Because of too much work that day, I felt so much back pain, headache and dizzy, not even panado was given to me. I arrived on the 16th of August 2021, and three days later, we were told we would all shift to a new place. I could tell from the panicking Arabs that something was amiss. Then rumors came saying the landlord has ordered us to leave after being shocked by our numbers. But when Ahmed came to tell us to go, he blamed the eviction on us. He said some girls had gotten used to the neighborhood and started jumping over the perimeter wall to look for men, alcohol, or escape back home. We were only allowed to leave the premises for medical reasons. But, according to Matron Harriet. The house belongs to one of the senior lecturers at Makeri University and had rented it for six months at three million shillings each month. But the landlord discovered the premises were being mismanaged and the local leaders were overwhelmed by complaints from neighbors about noise. Another theory was that Ahmed was tired of paying bribes to police officers to ensure his detention project was not disorganized that one of his staff would connive with other people and authorities to threaten to arrest him in order to get more money from him. There was not much to prepare to leave with. We were told to shift that afternoon to a new hostel. The girls were ferried away in a mini truck, beds and mattresses. I was told to stay with another colleague because we hadn't done GCC medicals. The rest were hurriedly aborted on a mini truck on top of the mattresses while Arabs, recording the fights and driven off. My colleague and I stayed with Matron Harriet, her daughter Gloria, Christine, all our staff, and one Arab called Majid who was sleeping in one of the rooms. Matron Harriet told us to clean the premises and that she didn't want to see anyone either. We swept cleaned, mopped and scrubbed the floor including the pavers before bedtime and at 6 a.m. One of the Arabs shifted to sleep with us in one of the rooms. Ahmed and another colleague were sleeping off-site. The five of us were told to sleep in a store next to the kitchen. To start the process of going, we were then taken for a medical. The Gulf Corporation Council, GCC, is a medical examination done on migrant workers travelling to work in the six Gulf countries of Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates. Before the GCC medical, Ahmed insisted on doing his medical on us first. He said it pays to be sure of your status before the official test. So, he asked Richard our earlier tests made as tests for HIV, syphilis, pregnancy and hepatitis. Then we went for GCC. Abdul Karim, one of the staff, said GCC costs $70. You book online and each is allocated to specific hospital. They include Medicare Kampala Diagnostic Centre, JB Clinic in Kalangala, Carlson Medical Services, Medical World, City Medicals, and Gielo in Bukolovi, Bayan, City Ambulance, among others. I was sent to Medicare Kampala Diagnostic Centre, best in Bukoto on Chira Road on August 24th at around 1.15pm. We were about 25 from different companies. The receptionist at Medicare Kampala Diagnostic Centre was rude. You! You look pregnant. What are you going to do in Saudi? She hurled questions at me. Worse was to come. A young, dark, handsome radiologist called the five of us inside the room and warned us not to play games when he asked us to undress. Remove all your clothes on the upper part of your body and let the breasts have fun. No games. If you're shy, march out. I have no time for you. He stated before looking at each of our breasts. He noted those with sagging breasts and asked the owners to lift them up and place the chest on the machine. In the next room, number three, we were again asked to undress for pregnancy checking. While there, a slender chocolate nurse asked us to take a jab, which I protested saying we hadn't been told or briefed about any injections. I was told if I opted out, it would be the end of the medical. The rest of the girls took it and continued. I insisted on being edified about the job and the nurse yelled back warning me against disturbing her. She had no time to explain. I either take the job or leave it. When I had decided not to take a job, I peeped into the box which had vaccines behind the nurse's back. It had a word, rubella on it. I later learnt that the vaccine is used to prevent rubella virus, which causes German measles. See, it's just a vaccination against measles. We have ever taken this because this is not my first time going to Saudi. It is not dangerous, one of the girls confirmed. I didn't know whether to believe her or not, but I accepted the vaccination. But I accepted the vaccination. Soon after, I started feeling funny, sick, nausea. I don't know if it was an effect of anger or anxiety. However, back at the hostel, the girls insisted it was a fake label and that what we had received was for family planning, that it was intended to stop us from conceiving for Arabs for the next two years. That label is put to confuse us and to protect the medics from legal suits. When I confronted Ahmed about this, he seemed to have no idea. He allowed me to go back to the hospital and ask for the details. We were told that the girls who went to clinics like JB Clinic did not get it. It tortured me psychologically. I was also mad that the other girls didn't care whether it was rubella or family planning... When I called the hospital about it, a man who picked the number 701 387148 introduced himself as Muhammad Shaib Ghori, explained that it was MMR, completed as mazes, mumps and rubella. He said it was a requirement for GCC. When results are out, they are shared online. But we were told by office because we are not supposed to go back to the hospital. For my case, Ahmed told me. I was told that some girls failed the medical and were asked for money to have their results changed to good. One of my colleagues, Rahma, confirmed that a nurse at Medicare asked her for money to give her favorable results. That a nurse called them outside and said their blood pressure was high. She demanded for 100,000 shillings to record a good result. They gave her 20,000 shillings and she refused. She told them there was no free service since they were traveling to make money. Another girl narrated how she was diagnosed with diabetes, that when she cried in front of the doctor, she was asked for 50,000 shillings to get a negative result. The doctor gave her an envelope and told her to go into the bathroom insert the money and return it. However, these claims could not be verified. Tomorrow, sex, village fights and move to close the hostel.